it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, well, 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 would you look who came back to work. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting once again from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, the one guy in this town who is not turning against Joe Biden. No, I thought he sucked before it was cool. Come on, man. But check it out. The same New York Times that covered up for Joe Biden during the election, hid the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, now running an op-ed saying he's damaged goods and it's time to move on. That's just how white folks will do you. We will get into it with Jim Jordan from Ohio's beautiful 4th Congressional District as well as your fine self at 888-788. 9910-888-788-9910. I was away on vacation, but the rules did not change while I am gone. Uh, I just ascertained that they are still in place. You could be a Republican on this show if you call in. You could be a Democrat. You could be an independent. You could be a libertarian. All we ask is that you don't be a That is all. But the champ is back, back in action. We survived Los Angeles. Uh, we were all over California myself. Uh, Jenny Fela, Lincoln Fela. Uh, it was great, man. Uh, I'm not proud. <laughs> if, you, if you saw me on TV at the Dodger game last Saturday night, uh, it was a mess, man. Uh, I threw down five Dodger dogs by the third inning, drank two beers per inning. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. But it's a hell of a way to go through a Dodger game. So to everybody who checked me out uh, on any of those 4th of July TV specials, or if you checked in over the weekend while I was on the big Saturday show or the big Sunday show, or Neil Cook. Vudo or Lawrence Jones, or maybe you watch me on America's Newsroom this morning. Thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate the support, and I'm thrilled to be back from vacation, as you can tell. But the lead story as we get off uh, to the races here today on a big Monday is not that I'm in need of an intervention, which is absolutely the case. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. No, but the big news, I do agree with that Joe Pesci clip, the big news is that Fox Across America is broadcasting today on a brand spanking new first class affiliate. Well, we're moving on now. We're moving on now. Oh girl. Take off the apron, Jenny Fallow. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. A big fat welcome, a big fat shout out to the legendary WDBO 107.3 FM AM 580, Orlando's News and Talk. A shout-out to Keith, who runs things down there, and, of course, the entire crew at Cox Media, who run as fine of a broadcasting entity as there is in the world today. And I do mean it. It is a high honor to be on your air down in Orlando. And to be clear, this is a real broadcast. I'm not just working off Mikey's bar tab from CPAC. You know, if you were down at CPAC earlier in the year, you know, we did run into a little bit of trouble when my 25-year-old producer got carried away with the old corporate card. This could be a problem. Yeah, we've kind of straightened it out. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, note to self, uh, the Gold Club, the Dollhouse, these are not actual expenses you can turn into your employer. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But if you are listening for the first time on DBO, 
Seriously, this is a really big deal for me. Um, If you know anything about me, if you've seen me on the Fox News channel where I appear regularly, uh, you probably have heard me say a bazillion times, I'm a former New York City cab driver. Um, I did stand-up for a living here in New York City for a long time and drove a cab to supplement that income. And I kind of approached this broadcast opportunity as a unique chance to highlight the American privilege we all have. And what I mean by that is in our politics today, there's a very negative take on the country. Ours is now a grievance politics where people just, you know, I'm upset. Give me something. I'm offended. Give me something. You know, I want some type of reparation. I want some type of payment. You hurt my feelings like we don't do that show. Okay, I am in on the joke as a guy who was at one point driving a cab 84 hours a week and is now broadcasting to millions of people on the biggest media platform in the world. I very much try to use this opportunity to remind you to inspire, to empower the people listening that anything in this country is possible, man. So I get on the air with new sneaker energy. If you remember in like sixth or seventh grade when you got a new pair of sneakers, you had a little more pep in your step. You were excited to get up to the board and work out a problem. Um, New sneaker energy because you felt good. You had a little more swag. You felt good to go. Well, when it comes to this country, I always have new sneaker energy. Okay, that's what I get on the air and do every day. We take the issues very, very seriously. We do not take ourselves seriously at all because here's the thing, man. The world is on fire. And if you truly care about this country, we do at some point have to start putting the country ahead of our own political parties. Like I myself am an unapologetic conservative. Okay, I support and espouse for conservative causes every day when I get on the air, but I do not view people who disagree with me as my enemy. I'm not going to chase you out of a restaurant. I mean, I might steal some of your fries. Look at me. But I don't look at you know, Democrats or libertarians or independents. I don't look at you as my enemy, and I don't think you should do that either. I think if we were truly going to use this medium to help the country, we would be what I sell every day when I get on the air. As I say, this is an audio safe space for anyone who's cool. Believe what you want. Get on the air. You know, tell us what you think. Give us your take. Tell us why. And seriously, just don't be a That is it, okay? Because if you're looking out at the country right now, And you realize the myriad of crises we're facing. These are not crises specific to one party. Inflation crushes you no matter who you voted for in 2020. You know, unless you voted for Biden, in which case there's a good chance you're probably dead. So it doesn't matter. You died 20 years ago. I kid. Come on. One election joke. But the point is record high gas prices, a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. These things are crushing Americans across the board, regardless of who they pulled the lever for in 2020, regardless of who they're voting for in 2022 or even 2024. So I'm trying to do the kind of show that moves the ball forward as opposed to just sits here and operates as a one-note bile distillery where I'm just trashing anybody who disagrees with me. That's not where we're at in this American moment. We don't need more Republicans. We don't need more Democrats. We just need less a-holes. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Bottom line, man, we're America. We're the greatest country in the world. We're the greatest source of good the world has ever known. We're the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet. No matter what they might tell you in the Democratic Party, oh, it's Jim Crow. Oh, it's 1822. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. It's a true story, okay, but we're not going to sit here on the air every night on WDBO and, you know, blaspheme America. 
we're not going to participate in this reductive politics of our time where everything is, you know, vote my way or you're a racist, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe. We're not doing that, okay? We've got grown-up issues to deal with, and that's what we're going to do every day on this show. So if you were kind enough to carry me on any of the 110 stations, you know, that, that carry Fox across America, across the world, it bro- blows my mind to even say this. I can't even get the words out, okay? You know that's the whole hook of the show. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Now... The president of the United States of America (laughs) is another story right now because we got a guy running this show who has no idea what he's doing. I agree with that. And I don't doubt Barack Obama agrees with that because when you start to read op-eds by David Axelrod, who is a top advisor to Barack Obama, and David Axelrod is saying with a straight face, you know, it's time for Biden and Kamala to step aside and give somebody new like Gavin Newsom a chance. When David Axelrod is saying it's time for Obama, to, you know, for, for Biden to step aside, that means Obama believes it's time for Biden to step aside. Tell him like it is. Okay, no two ways about it. He's Barack Obama's mouthpiece. He's his closest advisor. If he's saying it's time to go, I, I'm telling you, the, you know, the hierarchy within the Democratic Party knows this guy is damaged goods. When you read all the stories about how no Democrat wants to campaign with him, you recognize he has become a liability not only to his country but to his individual party, okay? Success has a thousand fathers. If something's successful, everybody wants to be around it. Failure is an orphan, meaning if something sucks, everybody tries to strategically distance themselves from it as quickly as humanly possible. Correct the mundo. Which brings me to the New York Times, okay? The New York Times, if you understand hid the Hunter Biden laptop story in the run-up to the election. If you remember, they wrote a lengthy op-ed saying this is Russian disinformation. We can't even let you share this kind of thing. Thank God they're blocking the New York Post and everybody on Twitter from sharing it. And they did that. And that did constitute election interference simply because when you read the polling, 15 percent of Biden voters tell you they would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden laptop story. So you understand that's a game-changing pass interference call because this was an election decided by 50,000 votes. Okay, if you do believe Biden got 81 million votes, then you're talking about 12 or 13 million votes that would have changed directions if, in fact, the New York Times was honest about the Hunter Biden story. And now understand, months into the Biden presidency, the New York Times actually did admit that the Hunter Biden story was real. Why don't read the newspaper? Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. And I said it then. That was the beginning of a strategic distancing by the media. Oftentimes, they're very transactional. Okay, they will create something. They will prop something up if it helps push their political narrative. If it gets their party into power, they're willing to cover up for anybody. And if you don't believe me, just ask my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Okay, they told you Cuomo was the greatest guy in the world. They covered up a nursing home scandal here in New York where he had granted nursing homes and hospitals criminal and civil uh, protection, indemnified them against criminal and civil prosecution so they would take infected coronavirus patients to live with the most vulnerable segment of our population. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's not only stupid, but it's criminal. Okay, that is criminal negligence, what he did in that moment. But the media didn't care 
because they had an election to win. So they were building up Cuomo as a means of tearing down Trump. Oh, Trump's not a leader. Andrew Cuomo, here's a leader. You know, the guy whose own chief of staff admitted that he falsified the death records in nursing homes so he could get a higher advance on his book deal. Andrew Cuomo did that. Don't ever forget that. He wrote a self-congratulatory book on how to handle COVID in the middle of the pandemic. This fool dumped the Gatorade on himself at halftime of a game he wasn't even winning. And the media went along with it. Now this guy's the best. We'll give an Emmy. He's great. And then the minute the election was over and you started to hear reports about his office etiquette not exactly being the best. You ever seen a grown man naked? They used that to railroad him right out of office. There was no due process. There was no investigation. I'm not saying he wasn't a creep. Of course he was a creep. But they got him out of town on sexual harassment charges because they didn't want to go back and hold themselves accountable for covering up the nursing home scandal. Okay, that type of strategy happens in the media all the time. And it's exactly what they're doing with Joe Biden right now. The New York Times has an op-ed right now. Okay, right now that says at the age of 79, Joe Biden is testing the limits, the boundaries of age and the presidency. Okay, but understand, has anything about Joe Biden changed since the election? The answer would be no. No. In the run up to the election, he was saying things like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So you understand he was on the debate stage saying this. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Or how about this slam dunk? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, so understand, OK, today when he gets out there and he's talking about gun control, and he gets the year wrong by like 100 years. It's not actually new. We were watching this for months and months. It's just that some people are starting to acknowledge it now because they want to get away from the bad thing they created. Here he is talking about gun control today. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, 1918. 17 dead, 17 injured. In both places, countless others suffering with invisible wounds. 1918, he says. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Now, understand, we were saying that in the run-up to the election, but the New York Times, the other outlets like the Washington Post and anything, you know, if you want to talk about MSNBC or, heaven forbid, CNN. CNN is the worst. Okay, they all covered for this guy because they just wanted Trump out of there. They wanted Democrats in power. Okay, the good news for them is they succeeded. The bad news for them is they succeeded. And now they all have this egg on their face, and you're starting to hear rumblings about his age. You're looking at these New York Times, the Siena College poll, that says even 64% of Democrats want a new candidate leading their party's ticket in 2024. They are abandoning this guy because, again, success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. So anybody who gets on the air and tells you Biden's running in 2024, would you stop it? No serious person thinks he's running. The only thing that matters, like 2024 will be the gas price by the time Biden leaves office. But that's the only significance of Biden in 2024. Aside from that, he won't be running a campaign. He won't be running the country, although he might get a good job serving as a sleep aid on late night TV. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done 
if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Some new poll numbers out for the president of the United States. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen to this. Nearly two-thirds of Democratic voters, 64%, want the party to pick a different candidate for 2024. While more than three-quarters of Americans say the country is moving in the wrong direction. Full stop, man. This is not a political show. It's a talk. It's a sports talk show for all intents and purposes. I always tell you, I don't get on the air and try to steer the democracy. I don't want to be in charge. I went to community college. I drove a taxi. I'm a 44-year-old man who plays video games. Okay? What I like to do when I discuss politics, when I discuss world issues, is I like to talk strategy. I like to tell you who's winning. I like to tell you who's losing. I like to tell you why. Okay? Right now, the whole country is losing. Why? Because Joe Joe Biden is the president. Okay, whether we're talking about inflation, whether we're talking about the border, whether we're talking about gas prices, there's a a obsession. And this is a political thing. This is what happens when you elect a career politician, a guy who has been in Washington since Washington. Okay, really think about that. Joe Biden, the guy's in like his late hundreds. I've seen younger faces on money. Okay, but the reality is if 80 percent of the country says we're going in the wrong direction, think of it this way. If you got into an Uber, 10 of you were in an Uber XL. And eight of you thought you were driving the wrong way on a one way. You'd want a new driver. You'd be like, yeah, this isn't the best way to go. But that's exactly what we have going on here. We got a driver who doesn't know which way he's going. Time to take away the car keys. Reality. With a bit of insanity, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And now, great moments in presidential history. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I just spoke at Dartmouth at the medical school. Or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the... I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke. 
Another shining moment on the stump for your president, Joe Biden. What a mess this guy is. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Now, you need to understand this about me. I don't take joy in the fact that Joe Biden sucks as much as he does. Like, I think it's funny. Uh, there, there's a part of me on a superficial level that thinks it's funny that all the people who hate voted Trump out of office, they voted their feelings, they just didn't like the guy's personality, have this on them for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's kind of funny. Okay, you had to get rid of Trump. You had to get rid of Trump. You had to get rid of Trump. Fine, I get it. You don't like the guy. But there's no argument. Like, history will not record Joe Biden as being remotely as effective as Donald Trump was. That's true. That is true. And I'm just saying that because, you know, the old sports adage, you are what your record says you are. Okay, I don't know that Trump's going to run again. We'll discuss this with Jim Jordan. He's going to be on in the next hour. He knows Trump very well. He's as as close to the guy as anybody in government. Uh, I don't even know that he's going to run again because I think as a guy with an ego, the, the magnitude of Trump's, right now he kind of has a last laugh in that, yeah, he could technically, he lost the election and Biden took over. But the people who succeeded him, the people who thought – you remember the ones who told us the adults were back in the room when Trump was, was, was out of there? They got on TV and told us with a straight face the adults were back in the room. I play the montage all the time. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House – who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> We have an adult back in the White House, and it's glorious. Yo, inflation is at a 40-year high. Gas is at an all-time high. We have a record level of overdose. their actual poisonings from fentanyl. We're a laughing stock on the world stage right now. I mean, whenever they post job numbers, understand, these aren't new jobs. These are jobs that came back post-pandemic. You know, if a job went away because the whole country was shut down, you didn't create a job by giving somebody their gig back. I say this all the time. It's a tired analogy on this show. But if Jenny Fallon throws me out of the house because I come home smelling like strippers, when she lets me back in like a week later, it doesn't mean I got a new house. I'm back in the same house. I might have a new bed because she's making me sleep on the couch. But the point is it's not new. Okay, and that's the scam of the Biden administration is anything they're calling a success is dubiously framed. You know, when you talk to me about wage growth, you're like, "Woo, wages are going up. But when you hear that inflation is four points higher than wages, you realize this is not a success by any objectionable metric. This is a failure of a presidency. Again, when The New York Times, when CNN, when The Washington Post are saying it's time for new blood, I'm telling you because I care. Okay, if you're out there defending Joe Biden right now, and I understand rooting for the president no matter what party he's from because as they go, we go, I get it. But you're compromising your own integrity with objective people if you say to them with a straight face that Joe Biden knows what he's doing because he just doesn't know what he's doing. He's overmatched by the gig. You know, yesterday on the big Sunday show, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, 
someone who you hear on the show quite a bit, someone who does, in fact, have a medical background, was upfront about the fact that the guy just physically cannot do this job right now. Okay, here it is, clip two. He is approaching 80 years old. The life expectancy in on average in the United States. Now, everyone ages differently. Let's remember, you, you see some pretty old 60-year-olds and some sprightly 90-year-olds. Everyone ages different, differently. But at this point, are we really just pushing it a little too far with President Biden? He is getting older, and he is, he is having difficulty. And if they're saying that he can't actually do 10 days abroad because he needs his little break in his Delaware home, this is time for Republicans and Democrats to really come together and say, is this the person who is going to be uh, the face of the free world on the international stage? And I can tell you my opinion is no. No, it's not. I mean, there's no world where Joe Biden is running in 2024. But even now, we do have this problem that the only thing he's been able to consistently do is pass the buck. That's it. OK, he at this point is passing the buck 47 because of inflation. It's not even passing the buck. You're passing the buck 47. But every single crisis facing this country has been an exercise in prioritizing perception over reality when it comes to Joe Biden. When you elect a career politician, this is what you got to understand. OK, the only thing they care about is getting elected again, is getting more lobbyist money, is eating more fancy lunches at Cafe Milano down in Washington. OK, these are the things they prioritize. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. OK, I know them. I get to hang out in Washington. I went to the White House Correspondents Dinner this year, saw Joe Biden in person. Guy gave a 15 minute speech right there at the Correspondents Dinner. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. I was right there. I watched the whole thing. OK, and you understand that every one of these issues, okay, if you wanted to use the border as a good window, okay, the border wasn't a crisis. He said, no, it's not a crisis. This is Republicans getting you mad. Yeah, the numbers are up, but it's seasonal. When the weather changes, the numbers will go back down. Okay, the numbers have gone up every single month that he has been president. Okay, the weather has gone back down several times. You know what hasn't gone back down? The numbers. Okay, because the border is out of control. It's open. I don't care if he says it's closed. If people get apprehended at our border, they're being let into the country. They've turned this country into that college bar that doesn't check IDs. If underage kids know they can get into this bar, you better believe they're going to start showing up because it's the one letting them in. That's what's going on with migrants. I have great empathy for them because they're fleeing real oppression. They're fleeing food insecurity and drug cartel violence and stuff of that nature. And they're risking their lives to come to America where sadly they will be met with food insecurity and drug cartel violence. What the hell is the world coming to? But that's because of this leadership. Okay, Biden told you the border wasn't a problem till it was a problem, but it was seasonal till it was a problem, but it wasn't his fault. It was the border agents whipping Haitian migrants. Do you remember that one? He flat out said they were whipping migrants and they were going to pay. Well, what did we find out last week while I was on vacation is that the Customs and Border Patrol officially concluded their survey, their study, their investigation, and ascertained exactly what the photographer from that famous photo had told us, which is that no one was whipping anybody because there weren't even whips on the site. Oh, wow. But you understand Biden was willing to scapegoat good, decent men, the ones protecting you from drug cartels, the ones trying to stop the flow of poisonous fentanyl into our country. Yo, do you understand? I harp on this a lot. You heard me talk to my son about this on the show, and I talk about it off the show with him all the time. 
Okay, if you're a parent, I want you to listen to me. People aren't overdosing on fentanyl. They're dying. They're getting poisoned. An overdose carries the connotation that these are out-of-control drug users. They took too much and they dropped dead. Okay, an overdose is something a lot of parents think they'd well they'd see coming. I know my kid does drugs. I know he's a habitual user. I keep tabs on this, you know, you know, and, and you think overdose means runaway drug use. It needs to be said over and over and over again. If you're a parent out there, okay, we your kids don't have the luxury you did or I did. I'm telling you this as a straight, uh, you know, as a friend. Okay, I have done more drugs than a retired lab rat. Okay, in my youth. But I grew up in a different time when you weren't going to drop dead from doing them, okay? I run a pretty clean train right now, and I am all over my kid about the fact that you can't go anywhere near pills. It's not the 70s. It's not the 80s. It's not the 90s. These are kids who have never tried drugs before, and they're not necessarily doing, like, hard drugs or crack or heroin. They're doing, like, Adderall. Hey, it gives you an energy boost. You'll be able to write a term paper, and you take one Adderall, and you drop dead. Okay, you can't take anyone else's prescription drugs. You have to, have to, have to impress that upon your kids. You have to because they're not overdosing. These are not bad, junky kids. A lot of these kids are good kids that experimented one time and died. It is the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45, fentanyl poisonings. It is the number one killer in this country of everyone between 18 and 45. It is not COVID. It is not monkeypox. It is not using the wrong gender pronouns. Okay. Fentanyl is killing people and it's killing people because there's an indifference to our Southern border. And when Joe Biden won't even go down there, understand there's a guy that's gone to Delaware every weekend of his presidency, every single weekend, he goes to Delaware, hangs out on the beach, rides a bike, falls off and it's a hole to do. But he won't go to the southern border because he doesn't want to draw attention to the crisis, the real crisis affecting all 50 states. You know, people conflate the border with a Texas thing. It's an Arizona thing. That's where the border is. But the drugs don't stay there. They go everywhere else in the country. And this dirtbag won't own it because it's a massive political liability. His inability to secure the border is the leading cause of death in this country. Think about that. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Kamala Harris went down to the border and told you what? Well, we conducted a study on the root causes of illegal immigration, and it turns out it was climate change. What would you do with a brain if you had one? No, no, they are not leaving their homes and walking a thousand miles because they think it's going to be hot in 50 years. They're leaving their homes and walking a thousand miles because they want a better life in this country. I empathize with that. That's why we encourage them to come here legally. The reason Biden is polling at 26 percent with Latinos is they're not having a real conversation and prioritizing things that Latino voters care about. Latino voters care about inflation. They care about gas prices. They care about safe and legal immigration. They don't want to be here in a country that resembles the one they migrated from. And the Biden administration and the Democrats think the workaround is to make up pretend words like Latin X. No Latino person on the planet uses the word Latin X, not a single solitary person. I admire your honesty. It's just true, okay? But they prioritize, you know, superficial things as opposed to substantive things like policing the border. You know, when Kamala said, oh, you know, so we're, gonna, we're conducting a study on the root causes of illegal immigration. Yo, do you realize I really I say this a lot on the show. I say it a lot on TV, but I say it because it needs to be said. The border is a now problem. It's going on right now. It's the leading killer in this country of people between the ages of 18 and 45 right now, right now, as we speak, people are dying right now because of what's going on at the border. You know how disgusting it is to respond with, will conduct a study. Again, think of this. If you call the fire department, your house is on fire right now. You do not want the operator to say, well, you're in luck. 
because we're going to conduct a study on the root causes of house fires. We'll call you back. That's not what you want. You want a truck with water, and they're not sending one. They're not even going down to survey the fire. Kamala didn't come within 500 miles of the actual crisis in Del Rio. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, she really is the worst. But if you remember, okay, she famously got on TV with a straight face and lied to Lester Holt about going to the border. No, I've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Uh, I've, you haven't been to the border. Yes, I have. Uh, you haven't been to the border. And she goes, well, I also, you know. I haven't been to Europe. I don't understand what the question is. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And that's worth emphasizing, okay, because all they want, all they want is more power. Vote us back in. Yeah, well, listen, okay, the border's out of control. Everybody's dying. You can't afford gas. There's a baby formula shortage. Inflation's out of control. But Republicans are really bad. So give, give us another shot. Hey, we're going to send around a fundraising email right now because Republicans are racist. Please give us money. That's all they're saying. That's all they're ever saying to you. Listen to this. This is Kamala. She was on Face the Nation yesterday talking to Robert Costa, explaining why people should vote for Democrats. This is clip three. Finish this sentence for me. Americans need to vote for Democrats in November because. Our democracy is on the ballot. Truly. Truly. If you look at an issue like choice, it's on the ballot. A woman's right to make decisions about her own body and potentially what can happen in the not-too-distant future around issues like access to and and making decisions about contraception or or same-sex marriage. Elections matter. The people who are elected, especially to the United States Congress, will decide the outcome of all of these issues, voting rights, the ability of us to pass voting rights legislation, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, the Freedom to Vote Act, will be a function of who is in Congress. That was absolutely dreadful. Do you know the top five issues for voters heading into the midterms were not mentioned once? in her explanation of why Democrats should vote, why people should vote for Democrats. Okay, they didn't mention inflation. They didn't mention the border. Okay, they didn't mention crime. They didn't mention gas prices. They didn't mention foreign policy. They didn't mention health care. No, it's abortion. Here's a newsflash on abortion. Okay, because the overturning of Roe v. Wade didn't actually outlaw it like Democrats are parading on and complaining about and, you know, claiming and falsely, you know, leading the public into thinking this. Women are under attack. OK, all Roe v. Wade did was send it back to the states and give each individual state the right to vote for what type of abortion limits they may or may not prefer. We're going to get into this in the next hour with Jim Jordan. OK, the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans prefer strict limits to abortion, 15 weeks or less, which is still more radical than Europe. But they do not want what the Democrats are selling. But again, career politicians don't care what you want. It's about what they want, which is why in that explanation of why you should be voting for a Democrat in 2022, it's, oh, our democracy, our democracy's on the ballot. That is a fact check false. Nobody's right to vote is under attack in this country. You can't show me a single solitary person who was denied the right to vote, who was legally registered to do so. They tried telling us the Georgia voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. Do you remember that one? That was Biden when he said that. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. But this Jim Crow on steroids wound up driving early voting up 220% in Georgia. They scapegoated an entire state along racial lines, 
over voter ID and early voting laws. Oh, by the way, there are 17 days of early voting in Georgia. Do you know how many days of early voting they have in Biden's home state of Delaware? In fact, do they even have early voting in Biden's home state of Delaware? The answer would be no. No, but it's Jim Crow on steroids if you have to show ID to vote 17 days early in Georgia. But it's fine in Delaware. They're totally and completely full of it. Okay, and that's their problem in this moment. They're not prioritizing you. They're prioritizing them. And if you wanted a real reason to vote for Democrats in 2022, it's because you've been dying to get put into a crazy home (laughs) and be surrounded by a bunch of nuts. Aside from that, I can't really give you a reason to give these people more power. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man you can hang out with. This Saturday night, I'm going to be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. There are two shows, Saturday at 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock. Tickets for that at New Brunswick. Dot stressfactory.com. See some of my Fox pals. It's going to get rowdy. It's going to be a good one. I'm fired up for this one. And uh, if you happen to be in the area, if you don't happen to be in the area, come on down. Gas is only like ninety three fifty a gallon. What's the big idea? Get in the car, bring the kids. It's going to be a wild one. The next hour of this show, by the way, buckle up. Jim Jordan is going to be in the house from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. And he is not going to pay a lot for this muffler. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up for this hour of Fox Across America. It's historic for a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, we are, of course, broadcasting for the first time in our history on the legendary WDBO 107.3 FM, AM 580, down in Orlando, Florida. That's Orlando's News and Talk. But Jim Jordan is going to be in the House uh, in this hour. He's, of course, a superstar representative from Ohio's 4th Congressional District, a place my wife, Jenny Fahler, happens to be right now, hanging out with her family. And uh, he is going to weigh in on a couple of things going on in this American moment that uh, I am not happy about. I got to tell you, man, as a guy who cares about the country, we're really doing it wrong. We're just doing it wrong. It's the easiest way I can say it to you. We've got protesters stalking Supreme Court justices like Brett Kavanaugh in restaurants. That went on over the weekend. The White House did not, in fact, condemn it, which I think is disgusting. You've got Biden flying overseas, begging Saudi Arabia for more oil, knowing full well the solution to boosting production is right here beneath our feet. Okay, and then you've got these new developments out of the Hunter Biden hacking, apparently on 4chan. They just hacked a whole mountain of his text messages, uh, text messages that do, in fact, go on record as saying Joe Biden was taking a cut of Hunter's income. Are you the big man, Joe? Understand, Joe Biden denied during the election having any knowledge whatsoever of his son's overseas business dealings. He said he had no idea what Hunter was up to. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay. We now come to know through Miranda Devine's fine reporting. You've heard a lot of it on the show. She, of course, wrote the book Laptop from Hell, that there was very much a there there. Okay, the media had hid the story in the run up to the election. But we're coming to an inflection point. I mentioned this in the previous hour of the show where people are starting to make that politically expedient pivot away from the Biden administration 
because they realize how unpopular it is. This guy is polling at 30 percent. He's polling below Donald Trump at this point in his presidency by about 10 points. And the reason that's significant is that at this point in the Trump presidency, the entire media was pretending he was a Russian supervillain controlled by Vladimir Putin. They were telling you that every day on TV. Then they were going behind closed doors under the threat of perjury and being asked if they had seen any collusion. And they were like, no, but they were still willing to go on the air every day and gaslight us over the fact that Trump was a Russian supervillain. This was like an Austin Powers movie. Dr. Evil's running the country from afar. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But understand. They spent the first two years of Trump's presidency pretending he was a Russian supervillain. They have pretended for the first two years of the Biden presidency that he was sane and coherent and he knew what he was doing. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. I mean, that's the truth. Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know that he ever had them, but you're starting to see a pivot. And this Hunter Biden story could become interesting simply because... When you have a president who is historically unpopular, who is not running again in 2024, there's no way he's running. Okay, he's just too old. And I'm not trying to be mean. Believe me, I'm not. Okay, my uncle Sonny went through this shortly before passing away. He spent the last two years of his life doing everything Biden's doing, shuffling the feet when he walks, you know, he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. There are just signs of incoherence, and we get them out of Biden every day. And I'm not a doctor, so I can't actually issue a formal diagnosis. But I can tell you he is not physically up to the rigors of running this country. And the reason I say that is because if you compare the amount of media appearances to previous presidents, you realize this guy has done about 90 percent less media than the last four presidents before him at this stage in their presidency. He is carefully, carefully guarded by the White House press team because they realize he doesn't have a lot of innings in him. I mean, understand he was only able to win the 2020 election because he didn't run for president. The media did. The pandemic allowed him to stay home. And that's what he did. Go downstairs in the basement. Watch Bonanza. When you come out, you'll be president. That was pretty much the deal they made. And he stayed home and he had the pandemic to blame for staying home. But in a normal election in 2024, absent some magical mail-in variant that the Democrats come up with to make us all stay home again, he can't physically go out there and do the gig. Okay, this is a Joe Biden that's reading off the teleprompter, the actual stage direction on the teleprompter. I don't know if you caught the line over the weekend when he repeat line, end line, cut here. Have you ever been at a party where you go up to your friend, you're about to talk about somebody on the other side of the room, you're like, don't look, don't look, don't look. But that guy over there in the hat, by the way, and what does your friend immediately do? They look. And you're like, no, you're not supposed to look. And that's exactly what Biden does with the stage direction. They're whispering to him in the teleprompter. Okay, because he doesn't know to repeat certain things. He doesn't know to emphasize certain things. The engine's running. There's nobody behind the wheel. Okay, so they have to work into his teleprompter, repeat the line and the line and the line. Okay, because he doesn't know what's going on. Okay, so it's a really interesting inflection point in our politics. Because you are starting to see a strategic pivot by the media, and you're starting to see a strategic pivot by the Democrats. Listen to this montage NBC played over the weekend, and understand, NBC is not exactly Mar-a-Lago Monthly. You know what I mean? They're not MAGA Weekly. They don't like Donald Trump. But when you hear NBC cutting together montages, which takes time to do, to explain why this guy's unpopular, you start to get the gist that there's something going on here. It's clip 10. 
have going on is a massive human rights violation in our country, and he's not responding to that level. As many Democrats plead for a fighter, President Biden is pointing out the limits of his power. I'm just stating a basic fundamental notion. The fastest way to restore Roe Ro, is to pass a national law codifying Roe. After signing an executive order on access to abortion medication and emergency contraception. If you want to change the circumstances for women and even little girls in this country, please go out and vote. But some Democrats who did vote in 2020 are frustrated with the administration's failure to push through their agenda, pass the big-ticket legislation, and Biden's own reluctance or inability to use the bully pulpit to change people's minds. Democrats don't fight hard enough for nothing. Like, like right now, we might as well be in a recession, and they're not even trying to fight to help or nothing. And Biden, to me, he's just talking circles. Biden was elected to restore competency and stability to Washington after Donald Trump. But his job approval trails other recent presidents, including Trump, at this point in the election cycle. After a lingering pandemic, the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, failure to stem rising costs, failure to pass voting rights legislation, and a failure to substantially address climate change or immigration challenges. Has the Biden administration done a good job handling the border? They haven't done enough, no. Whispers that Biden's age and leadership style make him ill-suited to run again in 2024 have gone very public. If he served out, served out a second term, he'd be 86 years old. Um, I'm not sure if any of us know of any 86-year-olds who should be running the entire Nope. And that's essentially what NBC is saying is, let's go, Brandon. Okay, but the biggest problem for Biden, if we were going to be honest, let's talk about this abortion issue for a second, too, because we've got a liberal group over the weekend. And this is something Biden is behind. I'm going to play you his clips. We've got liberal groups threatening SCOTUS justices like Brett Kavanaugh in restaurants. Understand, intimidating a federal judge is a crime. It is a federal crime. Merrick Garland isn't actually prosecuting this. The White House is, is openly encouraging this. I'll get there. Thank you. The White House is openly encouraging this. Okay. And all of this venom, all of this bile is based on a lie. This is very important. Okay. If you're listening to the show for the first time on WDBO down in Orlando, you need to understand this. Okay. The overturning of Roe versus Wade did not criminalize abortion. It did not ban abortion. What it simply did was give people in each individual state a vote on just how much abortion, if any, their state will allow. Okay, so when the Democrats say, oh, it's the end of democracy. No, no, it's the beginning of democracy because Roe banned us from voting on it. Now we're allowed to vote on it. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But they have people worked up. Oh, they've banned abortion. Women don't have a say. It's old white men. They're the problem. Never mind. Men shouldn't be telling women what to do. Do you know who passed Roe versus Wade into law? Nine men on the Supreme Court in 1973. That was men telling women what they could or couldn't do with their bodies. Now, this time around, it's not all men, but they're framing it as such. They're telling you they're going to, you know, doctors aren't going to treat women who have miscarriages. They're lying, lying, lying. Here's Biden saying as much over the weekend. This is clip 16. A patient comes into an emergency room in any state in the union. She's expressing and experiencing life-threatening miscarriage. But the doctor is going to be so concerned about being criminalized for treating her. That is a lie. Delay treatment to call the hospital lawyer who is concerned the hospital will be penalized if a doctor provides a life-saving care. That is a lie. I don't care what your position is. It's outrageous. And it's dangerous. 
That's why this executive order directs the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, to ensure all patients, including pregnant women and girls, experience pregnant, experiencing pregnancy loss, get emergency care they need under federal law, and the doctors have the clear guidance on their own responsibilities and protections, no matter what the state, no matter what state they're in. I mean, come on, Joe Biden. He's lying his face off. You're not telling me the truth. Not even close, but that's why there's so much bile. They told women they were going to die. Roe versus Wade's going to kill people. Oh, overturn a row. Oh, let, let me just be very clear. Roe versus Wade has killed people. It's killed 63 million babies since its inception. And when you look at us, you know, Biden has lied and said, oh, this this decision makes us an outlier in the world. No, our current abortion practices make us an outlier in the world. We are the only country aside from North Korea and China that allow abortion into the third trimester. Nobody else does that. We do. That's barbaric. That's infanticide. We're aborting babies at a time when they could live beyond the mother. I'm talking months after they could live beyond the mother. We are aborting babies, okay? That's disgusting. But they continue because they think this is a politically viable issue. But the reality is they're living, you know, they're buying their own BS, Okay, the blue states aren't going to lose their abortion rights. So getting them all hopped up over abortion doesn't actually change election results because they were all going to vote Democrat anyway. Now, red states, I got to be honest with you. If you look at the issue, it's not a top five issue. It's not a top five issue. When you talk about the other issues facing the country, okay, what kind of limits there are on abortion is not going to move the needle as much as the Democrats think it is when they send out their daily fundraising emails. Please give us money. That's all they're ever saying. Whenever you hear Joe Biden open his mouth. Please give us money. Kamala Harris. Here's one. Kamala Harris talking about the unsettled times we live in over abortion, trying to explain why they didn't do more to codify Roe. It's clip 18. I think that, to be very honest with you, I I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right. And that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. But Kamala Harris talks like a stoned teenager who came home and ran into their parents unexpectedly. And now has to hold a conversation together, but is very nervous the whole time because she has no faith in her conversational acumen. When you're right, you're right. Oh, hey, mom and dad. Oh, wow. You guys, you're in the kitchen. Oh, you guys live here? Oh, that's that's so weird. What are you guys like doing up? Oh, it's like seven o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. No, weird. She every one of these answers. We thought it was a settled issue. We thought it was a settled issue. Well, it's not settled. Well, that's why we're living in unsettled times. <laughs> you must have got manure for your brain. She's so criminally stupid. But this is the problem they're facing in this moment is their whole house is built on a foundation of lies. OK, abortion isn't going away. OK, all of these protesters that are harassing justices, we'd like to see them go away. Yes, you have First Amendment rights, but intimidating a federal judge is a crime. And when the Democrats try to tell you we all need to be watching the January 6th trials, which, again, we condemn January 6th in real time. You have no business storming the White House or the Capitol in a Chewbacca bikini. That Yahoo and every other maniac there, the January 6th thing wasn't good. 
but we all condemned it in real time, where the Democrats are going sideways no differently than they are with the abortion debate, no differently than they were with Afghanistan or the border or inflation or gas, is they're not being honest with their voters. So they're riling up the crazies who are really buying their interpretation of the world and the white man's out to get everybody and we're all in big trouble, so you need to chase Brett Kavanaugh out of the Morton Steakhouse. Okay, but actual actual objective observers of politics, people who could go either way, have Biden polling. He's like polling behind ISIS at this point. Dude, the guy's at 30 percent. Do you understand? And he's at 30 percent because he can't stop lying. Then Kamala gets on there. Like, I'll give her credit. We're grading her with a curve. It's like when you let somebody's kid bat at the adult softball game, you're like, all right, we'll let him bat and run the first. But the out doesn't count one way or the other. We're just giving the kid a shot. That's Kamala Harris. We have a pretend vice president. Like She's in wildly over her head. She's weapons-grade stupid. I've said this to you before. Like Kamala Harris is so dumb, she studied for a COVID test. But the dumbest thing she might have done was to have gotten on TV as many times as she had with Biden and encouraged this type of protest under the falsehood that we're all under attack if you happen to be, uh, I I guess woman isn't even the term, someone with a a birthing person, as the Democrats like to say. They're crazy. But the truth is people who aren't crazy, people who are sane, who are watching this Looney Tunes episode, have run out of patience because they can't get an honest answer out of anybody. That's all, folks. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. Going to talk to Jim Jordan in the next break. So much going on in Washington. I mean, man, my first day back from vacation. We got a pretty crowded dance card. Don't they know I still have a contact high from walking around L.A. for a week? Which, by the way, anyone who thinks Gavin Newsom has any shot at the presidency in 2024 has never walked down a sidewalk anywhere in California where the entire state has been turned into an outdoor restroom. Oh, it really is gross. And I will not repeat that line, as Joe Biden says in Washington. Here's Biden reading off the teleprompter. I wanted to bring this up earlier. Uh, And he's reading the stage direction. This is significant for a reason. I'll explain in a second. Take it away, Justin. That the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or or, precise, not and or or. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. <laughs> Repeat the line, end quote. Um, I used to be, before I worked here at Fox, one of my jobs uh, when I was doing stand-up and driving a cab is I did become the head writer for a TV show called Gotham Comedy Live. It was on Access Television. They shot it Thursday nights here at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. And my job uh, was in addition to appearing on the show as a comic is I got to write the celebrity monologue every week. So it was a person who wasn't a comic, and they'd give me a week to turn them into one. So I'd have, like, say, a William Shatner or a David Hasselhoff or even Pamela Anderson, who in this instance hilariously uh, got on stage at the Gotham Comedy Club and did, like, a ditzy blonde routine where she read the stage direction off the teleprompter. Like, hello, welcome to Gotham Comedy Live. Please hold for applause. I'm Pamela Anderson. Please step to your left. You're not in the shot right now, Pam. 
him. And everybody laughed like she was doing ditzy blonde shtick. But there's a difference, okay? She was the gal who married Tommy Lee and started that famous sex tape. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But she was not the president of the United States of America. I don't mind if a former Baywatch star who got kidnapped by Borat is reading stage direction. But when the president of the United States can't get through a sentence without knowing his cues, we've got a problem. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest who may or may not have called me up last week and strong-armed me into doing a theater gig out in Ohio. Uh, we're not going to get into that. That's neither here nor there, but we're excited to have him back from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Jim Jordan back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy, how are you doing? I hope you can come to, to the to Allglaze County, the great town of St. Mary's, for their bicentennial celebration next year. That'd be great. I hope you can come. That would be a home run. But, uh, good to be with you. Now, of course. Yeah, no, you would, they love you. They like The whole world loves Jimmy. That's this, uh, this in St. Mary's, Ohio, of course, where your wife is from. They probably like her a lot more than you, but they still like her. <laughs> Jenny Fela is out there right now. She's hanging out with, you know, oh, the, the WAPA crew. Yeah, she actually, you know, it's funny. We were, we were out in L.A. We were on vacation. I had to do some Fox work out there. And uh, yeah. she flew to Ohio and has my wallet with her. So I can't Good get, move. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it wasn't Good that move. version. It wasn't the version everybody's been waiting for where she leaves and takes the money. We all know it's coming. I mean, come on. Who would put up with it? But she, <laughs> no, no, no. she has my wallet. I can't get around the building right now. I'm like a fugitive. I need people to buzz me into every floor. So it's been pretty wild. So if you, if you run into uh, Jenny Fallon, tell her to FedEx me my wallet, would you? You want your, you want your wallet back, did, uh, your credit card, and everything else. So. Well, all right. Listen, it's, well, a, it's, it's, I wouldn't be the first New Yorker to lose his wallet. I mean, the crime right yeah. now where we are is so – it's yeah. so bad, man. And uh, I, I kind of – I have a million directions I want to go in with you because I was in L.A. and I was watching it there too. But the common thread yeah. between both places is just liberal cities. Yeah. At what point are they going to get out of bed and just acknowledge that crime is not a, a partisan issue? It affects every single American, but they don't yeah. really care, man. I know it's it's sad and it's you know the old line well when you defund the police you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime when you call rioters and looters peaceful protesters you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime when you don't prosecute criminals you shouldn't be surprised when you don't get more crime and it's we're seeing that play out so um, yeah and it, and like you say that the, the, the bad guys they're not asking people if they're Republican or Democrat they're just they're just taking advantage of people because they're not being prosecuted and, and the district attorneys out there. Just aren't doing their job. It's it's really sad. But this is this is what the left brings when the when they implement their policies. Yeah, it's bad, man. Where we were in L.A. I mean, the the good news is, you know, if I would have got mugged in L.A., I wouldn't have felt it because I got so banged up at Dodger Stadium. You'd have been proud of me, man. <laughs> tell, tell me if tell me if you could do this for real. Okay, I had five Dodger dogs by the third inning. But the record will show that I successfully consumed two beers an inning for nine innings. Can you do? You can't do that. Can you do that? Of course not. <laughs> I, 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 there's only a handful of days I've ever had two beers in a day. It's like, what are you doing, <laughs> no, dude? You did the... not. You did not eat five hot dogs. 
Oh, five hot dogs, easy. You have no idea what you're dealing with here. Like, oh I, my goodness. No, I come from. Jimmy, are you working out? Are, are you getting to the work? Are you getting to the gym and working out? <laughs> you can't eat like that and drink this, beer without working out. This is the deal. Out. This is the deal. I get my lifts in. When I'm on the East Coast, Fox has me walking yeah. around in a shock collar, and they zap me if I try to eat during the day because <laughs> they don't want me to look too fat on TV. But on the West Coast, I was off the grid. They couldn't do anything, so I ate. I drank yeah. everything. You, you know what's funny? Oh my god! Remember that iconic Kirk Gibson home run? in the 88 World Series. Well, the only at bat, he, he, he waddled up there. And yeah. Was it, I think it was even th- three and two or two and two count or something. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was, yeah. the, only time, it was the star of the series. But do you yeah. remember what he looked like run, rounding the bases? That's what I looked like walking <laughs> to my car. <laughs> Gibson. Well, but is, did you do the old double, like double uh, pump, the double fist pump kind of thing <laughs> that he did there when he hit second? That yeah. was like one of the – and I was watching it live. I'm like, yep. oh. I remember yelling. I told Polly. I said, "He did. He did it. He did it." Yeah. Gibson hit it out. It was one of those moments, you know. Like, oh, it's like it's funny. I watched uh, over the weekend. Speaking of great moments, I watched the movie Miracle. I don't know why I watched it like ten times already, but for some uh-huh. reason I just clicked it on. And I said, "I got to watch." It. And then once you're in, yeah, you know, once they do the again and again and all yeah, the yeah. sprints, uh, you know, that you got you got to watch it all the way till they beat the Russians. Uh-huh. It was so. It's such a good, such a good. Show. Oh, it's great, but I I, I laugh because. Um, I, I, we actually, it's funny. We, we watched that Dodger highlight before we went, right? And it was like such a good, <laughs> iconic baseball moment, you know? And totally, that's the thing yeah. about sports. Like, you bring up Miracle. We're going to get there. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer to that moment where hopefully sports does become a uniter in our country because it's yeah. powerful. Like, yeah. I was in Yankee Stadium when George Bush threw out the first pitch after the, during the 2001 World Series. That was amazing. And yeah. the guy threw the best grade. 30 for 30. Yes, that thirty for thirty they did on that was so good. Where oh. he he talks to Jeter down in the yep. you know, down in the batting cage down below, and then mm. you know Jeter says don't bounce it and throw it from the mound. You know it's like it's such it's so it's so good. I, I agree. With can I tell you a great inside baseball story about George Bush in that first pitch? That's not even in the third. I, it might come up in the thirty thirty doc. I'm not sure. I've seen it, but it's been a while. Ari Fleischer had told me this, so they were inspired. If you remember the movie The Naked Gun, where Leslie yeah. Nielsen plays Lieutenant Frank Drebin and the Queen of England comes to Anaheim and they program Reggie Jackson to kill the queen. Well, if you remember, they famously had uh, an undercover cop dressed as an umpire. And when Bush threw out the first pitch, they had a Secret Service guy dressed as an ump like it was the naked gun. Yeah. I've heard Ira tell this. Yeah. Yes. It was inspired by the movie. That's like my favorite thing in the world. That Enrico Palazzo, the guy who sang the national anthem, was out there protecting the president. It was crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. By the about... way, do you – what kind of first pitch do you think Biden could throw? Oh, I was going to bring that up. He was going to – he's going to throw a, a Fauci first pitch. You remember that Fauci, Fauci first pitch? <laughs> the worst first pitch in history. Yeah. Oh, Fauci, yeah. Couldn't well, it happen to a better guy when it happened to Fauci. Oh, he's the and worst. And you, know you know Trump would be like Bush. You know he would throw one right down the middle, nice strike mm-hmm. from the – amount uh but you know biden what's he gonna throw no they're not well the problem with biden is he'd throw to the wrong base like they'd bring they'd bring him out to the mound and he'd turn around like it was a pickoff attempt at second base (laughs) i'd be like no no the catch is that way now we got a ball rolling around the outfield it's depressing man uh, Too funny. Uh, yeah, but no, you're right. There is something about sports. So I grew up. We we may have talked about this before, but but I grew up in the in, in I'm old. So in the 70s, and it was it was USA USSR, and they had mm-hmm. the track meet and they, everything. And like even the start of, of Miracle, that movie, they show the 72 Olympics where the Russians cheated 
and and they they won the basketball game. They 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 had like three tries to inbound the ball with a couple seconds left. They throw it the full court. It definitely was a foul on 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 the Russian. He catches the ball, makes the basket, and beat the Americans by like one point. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember I was an eight year old kid. And I'm like, that's BS. And you know, I was you know jumping around like kids yeah. do in sports. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about that era that was that was so good, and it does it unites a country. Let's hope we can get back to that. Yeah, I'd like to get there. We're talking to Representative Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Uh, I wanted to throw this at you because when I was in L.A., it was it was legitimately seven thirty five a gallon for gas where we were. Seven thirty, dude. Seven, that's like a it's like a ballpark beer price. Seven thirty five a gallon. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. But so I was off. But I was reading this story. Like, did you lose your mind about this report? Like, Biden is selling strategic oil reserves to China. Yeah. How is this yeah. a thing, man? Like, what is going on? This is, this is wrong in, in all kinds of ways. You know, first, he's raiding the street, uh, strategic reserve. Second, he's selling it to China. And third, he's selling it to a company that his son has a financial interest or had yep. a financial interest in. There, this is wrong on any, any and every level. count you can think of. Yep. But uh, again, I guess it's just sort of par for the course with these guys. They're, they're deliberately, they're intentionally, they're doing things in a premeditated fashion that directly harm uh, the country. You, you go down the list, the border, uh, the, the energy, the inflation, uh, the crime. And as we talked about the, at the start here, I mean, it, every issue you can talk about, it, it has to be intentional because they, they're not that stupid. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's scary. But, yeah, this is this is this is Joe Biden's America. And it's why it's why nine out of 10 of our fellow citizens now think the country's on the wrong track. They, they think that because it it is. And it's it's sad. Well, that's what's fascinating about it is, you know, the old saying, they'll say, like, success has a thousand fathers, but failure is an orphan. You know, the Mm -hmm. Biden presidency is becoming that orphan and that Democrats are strategically distancing themselves. Like when The New York Times is writing an op ed that Biden's lost his marbles like that's a tell. You know what I mean? They've moved on. And and I make this point because he's not exhibiting new behavior since becoming president. He was doing this before the election. They were just human shielding for the guy so he didn't have to camp pain. But when you right. see something like that, like the screw turning in the media, I mean, in your opinion, I mean, he, he, he's finished. Like I, I, I say 2024 for Biden might be the price of gas by the end of his term, but it's not an actual yeah. campaign. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it's probably unlikely that he's their their candidate. I mean, they're, they're going to nominate someone else, I, I think. But it's sad because he's, you know, he's the president in, in you know, we're conservative Republicans and and, you know, we're not fans of anything Biden's done, but you still want the American president, the, the president of the greatest country in history. You still want him to be the president, for goodness sake. And this guy is like, you, you know, Americans, whenever someone is giving a speech, whenever someone is talking, mm-hmm. you actually kind of want them to do well. I mean, yeah. even you're, like you're at the local Rotary Club and someone's talking in there. If they're bad, you know, everyone kind of puts their head down. They get yeah. the phone out and they're like, well, you know, they, you're embarrassed <laughs> for the guy. So you always want someone to do well. But with Biden, it's it's like that every single time that he because he can't put two sentences together. He can't talk. He he repeated the line where he repeated. the. <laughs> We've played it before. What is he doing? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sad. But, you know, the country is 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 bigger and it's a great country and we'll get through it. And yep. We'll, we'll have uh, President Trump in the White House and oh, happier. Well, I was going to ask you this. All right, so we, we talk Trump all the time, and, and you talk to him a lot, and I, I'm still convinced that he's going to become a golf hustler because everybody I know says his golf game got so good he just might want to just make some money at Mar-a-Lago and, and screw the presidency. I don't know that to be true. But is there, is there a part of him, because I, I really laugh about this, is that – 
you know, if, 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 if for whatever reason he didn't run again, okay, and I don't know that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, you've said you're pretty confident he probably will run, and he sounds like he wants to. Yeah. Um, but the reality is right now he's kind of in a last laugh scenario because, yeah, they got him out, but it's unmis- undeniable that what they replaced him with really is, I think, any objective observer would say the worst presidency we've ever had because we didn't have, right. we didn't have right. one of these problems under Trump, let alone all of them. You know, and as sports yeah. guys, your record's your record. If you're a one and eight team, right. Right. we don't want to hear about last season. You're one and eight. You know, yeah. he's a yeah. one and eight yeah. team. So isn't he kind of positioned to have a last laugh right now, or is the is the only last laugh in his worldview just getting the getting the title belt back? Well, I, I, I think he I think he loves the country so much that he's going to run. He, he understands that you know he did what he said he would do. He had the country headed in the right direction. He truly thinks America first is the right policy, like like you do, mm-hmm. like I do, like your listeners do. And I think he's going to do it. Um, I really do because he cares that much about this nation and, and we the people who make up this nation. So I think he's going to run. I want him to. He's proven he's tough enough to take on the crazy left who attacks him every single minute of every single day. Every day. Um, so let's hope he does. Um, but you're right. I doubt if he's running against Biden. I, 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 it's someone else. It's Gavin Newsom, it's Clinton, it's whoever. Um, By the way, anyone who thinks thinks Gavin Newsom is going to be going to be the nominee. I mean, all you have to do is walk down a street in California. Like it's it really is disgusting. And I I don't like to say that because it's a beautiful state in theory, but they have run Mm -hmm. it into the ground. And again, like I go back to Reagan. You remember how Reagan had a famous line? He would say government's not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. problem. Yeah, you look no further than any of these big blue states where they just have so much government dependence. And they've just annihilated people's like self-reliance, their work ethic. Like nobody can staff a business anymore because nobody wants to show up to work. I know. You know, everyone you know, we were talking about this on the Big Sunday show yesterday. Everyone you know who owns a restaurant, if they're the owner of the restaurant, has had to work a position that they hadn't worked in 20 years. Meaning the owners of restaurants are washing dishes when the dishwasher doesn't show up. They're seating people. And I was saying this yesterday. You might not notice it when you go to a restaurant, but you'll definitely notice it when you go to a strip club. You're like, oh, let Larry, what are you doing in a bikini, man? Get out of there, you know? It's not good. Stop. Not good, Larry. Stop. Take a seat, dude. Come on. It's not good. You don't owe me a response. You don't owe me a response. But I, I will well, make... to, to, the, to the earlier point, uh, what, what the left is doing to – uh, in these big cities, the, the, the left-wing governments. Think about what they did to education. I mean, yep. during during the virus, they they told uh, they told parents, "We're not going to let your kids come to school." And then when they finally let them come back, they said, "Get the shot, wear the mask, and we're going to teach them CRT." Yeah. And then, if you had the nerve as a parent to show up at a school board meeting mm-hmm. to raise some concerns about what's happening in the school where your kid goes. You get treated as a domestic terrorist, and the FBI investigates you. Yep. And that is not a stretch. That is exactly what happened yep. in our country, and it continues because we've had FBI whistleblowers come forward, more than one come forward, and tell us that in more than two dozen cases, they went out investigating moms and dads who, who went through that scenario I just described. So yep. that's how crazy – the left truly is. Well, that's why they've they've lost the country. I mean, when you look at the poll numbers, it's it's an achievement to be where they are. You know, at this point, when you see 
yeah. Biden polling yep. at 33 percent. And this idea that, again, you're a domestic terrorist for going to the school board meeting. But if you want to chase Brett Kavanaugh out of a Morton Steakhouse, that's yeah. just the First Amendment at work. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's crazy, man. So I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. But 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 we do have to do this gig in Ohio. I'm going to work it out with our people. I think yeah. it's a, I'm dying to do it. Um, and they've I've been on the road like crazy, man. I was in L.A. and I'm going back to Reno and. I should never be doing stand-up in a casino town because it doesn't end with me getting on the plane with money in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> it ends with me working the roulette wheel trying to pay them back the money I lost. You know, it's not good. Well, you, the, when you come to St. Mary's, it'll be it'll be worthwhile. The only money you're going to lose is after you do the great show when we go to the golf. Oh, course. that's the only. This money could you're be the lose. moment. No, with this this is what we should do. Okay, we're going to set it up. We're going to wind up playing for charity or something. That's what we'll do. We'll play some type of. Okay charitable thing and we can settle this because this is like the tyson holyfield fight they were supposed to fight in their prime but then like one of them went to jail the other guy got his ear bit off we got to make this match happen we got to get don king on the phone we're gonna get in the ring i'm not scared of you man we'll talk we'll talk all right yeah. go but hit the heavy the, bag the folks will love you all, all right, right. Will, man. you hey keep working out after this fight five hot dogs <laughs> take, Yo, it's, it's gonna take more than that this, this might be lipo right. time for the champ but we'll work it out you're the best man be well right. jim thanks see, see you buddy there he goes the great jim jordan he thinks he's gonna get on the golf course with jimmy Fallon and leave there with money in his pockets i'll break you in half like a little toothpick no chance do you know i come from a long line of actually like real legendary golfers my late great uncle sonny you guys this is crazy my uncle sonny was drafted in the vietnam war but was a scratch golfer at the time and ultimately got so good at playing golf that he was sent to California to teach officers how to golf because a lot of them had political aspirations. And at the time, a lot of your networking and socializing took place on the golf course. So my uncle Sonny, who was a cop for 43 years and actually served and you know risked his life and did all of that stuff, at one point avoided combat, not intentionally, but it wound up avoiding comics. They stationed him in Hollywood, and he taught people how to golf during NOM, and that's, you know, pretty cushy gig, and I don't know if that rubs people the wrong way, but the point is, if you're going to get on the golf course with a guy who has that kind of DNA in his body like Jimmy Fallon, you got a big problem on your hands. That's all I'm trying to say. Quick break. We're back after this. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up, man. Next hour, Dave Landau, Diamond Dave, nationally touring comedian. He'll be out in Ohio where Jim Jordan is, where Jimmy Fallon is. He's at the Columbus Funny Bone this coming weekend. I myself will be appearing at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. If you want to come hang out and get clobbered with your radio buddy, tickets are at newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. We're going to talk about comedy in the next hour because there is a documentary out by the Huffington Post that says comedy's not allowed to be offensive anymore. Just shut up. It's not even something that asks comedians. It's just dumb, whiny, liberal garbage, but we'll get into it because we have to. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world broadcasting 
as we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up with Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian. You hear him here on Fox a bunch. Uh, he's going to be responding with all the craziness going on in the world, inflation and gas and crime and everything in between. There's a baby formula shortage over at the Huffington Post. And I just want to thank them for the bravery. They have just filmed a documentary on whether or not we need to be policing stand-up comedy more aggressively. And again, I just want to thank them with all the things going on in this country that don't matter. I'm glad somebody had the guts to tackle the importance of policing stand-up comedians. You know, that's not... Forget about the inflation and the gas prices, the fentanyl poisonings, and the 35-year spike in murders. It's those guys getting paid in drink tickets that spend 23 hours a day watching dirty movies in a La Quinta. They're the problem in this country. So thank you, Huffington Post, for tackling this head-on. No, no other outlet had the guts, but you did. And for that, I do want to thank you. The people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. They really are. Uh, I want to... I just want to share a little bit of this with you because there's a lot of substance to get into it's my first day back but this is you know the overarching premise of this show every day every day is i'm like hey america yo chill the out (laughs) that's the gig just chill the out okay this is not that okay the documentary is do comedians still have the right to offend And it explores a new Netflix series, Right to Offend, The Black Comedy Revolution. It was actually produced by Kevin Hart, uh, someone I have done stand-up comedy with. Uh, He once did a drop-in at Gotham when I was emceeing at the club down the street. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a Kevin Hart fan one way or the other, but he is a, a monster star. And there's something to be said for star power in that when he walked into the room, it was a big deal. Like, people were excited. It's sort of like if you were to go to the Stress Factory and see me this Saturday night at 7 or 9 o'clock by buying tickets at newbrunswick.stressfactory.com. People are going to be really excited. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But the point is, the Huffington Post, okay, wrote an article about the series devoted to does stand-up comedy still have the right to offend? And the reason I bring this up, okay, is first and foremost, you know, I— Started out in stand-up, and I'm doing stand-up now, and it's great. Woo! A lot of fun. Okay, but what people need to understand about controversial jokes is that for a lot of people, comedy is a coping mechanism. It's a way to take power away from the things that torment you in life for a few seconds at a time. When you laugh at something that is otherwise tormenting you, you get some escapism from that torment. That's the point. That's why the phrase gallows humor exists. It guys in literally in dungeons being tortured and would tell really dark jokes. And you know what no one did in a dungeon? No one got canceled for telling a joke because they had perspective. They realized we had bigger fish to fry. In this day and age, we live in such a fat, spoiled society where the smartphone has been carefully curated to make everybody feel like the most important person in the world. People now believe that if they don't like something, no one else should have it either. That's the staggering sense of self-importance the smartphone has given us. People now show up to a comedy club, and, well, if I don't like that material, the other 300 people laughing along have no right to consume it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? (laughs) Go to a restaurant on a Saturday night, it's packed. You're like, yeah, we don't use air conditioning at home, so if you could just shut it off for the rest of the patrons. But that's, that's, that's the kind of insanity we're dealing with. And I bring this up because, in a nutshell, this is why Democrats have lost the room. 
This is why they've lost it entirely, is they're prioritizing things that don't matter. Okay, if you can't put gas in your car, you can't find formula for your baby. You're not sitting around the family dinner table tonight going, well, there's, you know, the baby's starving and we can't even drive to the food store if they did have formula. But more importantly, you know, there's a guy telling a joke tonight at a comedy club we're not even in. And I'll be damned if some of that material isn't the kind of stuff we agree with. Do you understand when your priorities aren't anyone else's, you start to hemorrhage support? I mean, understand, Joe Biden is polling at 30%, dude. 30%. That can't be good. Dude, that's astonishing. But it's because he continuously gets out there and prioritizes things the rest of the country doesn't care about. Now, to be clear, he didn't direct this documentary, but he is a guy pushing climate change right now. Do you know what a form of privilege it is to be sitting at the world, staring at the world right now, and deciding the thing we need to focus on is what the weather will be like in 50 years? Never mind the, the biggest joke in, in, in America is, you know, the old joke about the weatherman. It's the only job where you could be wrong 85 percent of the time and still keep your job. That's actually not true because you can also be a CNN reporter and be wrong 85 percent of the time. CNN is the worst. But the point is, stick with me. OK, climate change is not something anybody cares about if you're broke. OK, if you're living in a high crime area. OK, if you can't feed your baby, if people are being poisoned by fentanyl, you really don't care about climate change. Nobody does. It's not. A, it's not. Again, when you look at the priorities of voters, it's just not there. But the Democrats continue to push it no differently than all of this word policing. But you need to understand the word policing happens for a reason. When they limit the vocabulary, when they limit the comedy targets, they narrow the scope of the debate. Because most of what the Democrats do in this age of political discourse is not to engage on substance. A good, a good example I would give you is the abortion debate. Okay, we don't talk about the science of abortion and what we know now versus what we knew in 1973. We don't discuss when a baby can feel pain, when it's viable beyond the mom. What do we discuss? We discuss that we want unlimited abortion or you want to murder women. Or you don't care. Or you're out to get women. Democrats are so full of crap. That's why we're chasing judges out of restaurants. Okay? It's a false pretense. But they like, this is their whole entire strategy. You label the opposition to stifle debate. Hey, we've got this abortion issue. Okay? It's a lot easier. When the science doesn't support your position and the Democrats, okay, the overwhelming majority of poll respondents favor strict limits on abortion. Okay, they favor what Bill Clinton said back in the 90s. It should be safe, legal, and rare. That's what Bill Clinton said. Safe, legal, and rare. And understand, this is a guy, if anybody who would want a lot of abortion, it's a guy that was catting around as much as Bill Clinton was. I believe that together we can make America great again. Which, by the way, isn't it so funny that he was using that slogan, but then when Trump ran... The Democrats are like, what do you mean make it great again? When was it great? When it was racist? When it was segregationist? What kind of lunatic would say make America great again? Yeah, it was their slogan in the 90s, you dummies. But that's the whole point. Language gets policed, not because anybody cares. 
about an aggrieved class of people. Language gets policed because pretending to care gives them a moral high ground. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, in every form of the culture. Like if we were talking about sports mascots, okay, we used to have a team called the Washington Redskins. Now they're called the Commanders. You're not supposed to say it. You can't say Redskins. I think these days most people would argue the most offensive part of their name was the word Washington because it's run the country into the ground. But stick with me. Okay, we got rid of the Washington Redskins. We got rid of the Cleveland Indians because, you know, we're looking out for the Native Americans in this country. Yo, the Native Americans in this country have the shortest life expectancy in this country, the highest rate of diabetes and heart disease in this country. Okay, changing the halftime show does nothing to confront those realities. But these are the kind of superficial priorities that the Democrats run with. Because if you voice concern, hey, what about, uh, oh, I don't know, actually helping these communities out as opposed to changing the halftime show. They go, oh, you don't care. You're a bigot. Of course you want this mascot. What the hell's wrong with you? It's no different than black on black crime. OK, whenever there is a politically viable shooting, if someone from one race kills someone from another, OK, Democrats are all over that. The media is all over that. Oh, we got to do something. It's an epidemic. OK, but the other 5,000 times a year. A member of the black community kills a member of the black community. We don't acknowledge it as a media because it's not a politically viable death. Gianno Caldwell, my great friend, man, I love him. He's on the show all the time. If you've been watching Fox, he's mourning his teenage brother, Christian, died. He got gunned down in Chicago. He got killed in Chicago two weeks ago. Okay? And no one talks about this anywhere in the media. And it's why Gianno always says on my show that black votes matter a lot more than black lives. Bingo. Okay. Yes, they're all over a death if it's controversial and you can call America racist and say Republicans are bad, vote for me, we'll save you. But when it comes to the day-to-day existence of black Americans, okay, they're not prioritizing substance. Democrats would rather tell you America's systemically biased, January 6th was white supremacy, and that's why you need to keep voting for us. But most people who live in inner cities don't have the luxury of prioritizing fake white supremacy or, heaven forbid, humor. Okay, but let me give you more of this documentary because it's so fascinating to me that this is a thing. Okay. Starts out by saying as reliable as, you know, stand-up comedy specials are, riskier stand-up comedy that more directly challenges popular opinion. It's nearly extinct in today's cultural zeitgeist. It makes you wonder, can we still appreciate stand-up comedy that offends? This two-part docuseries serves as a necessary reminder of comedy's most critical objective, to disrupt societal conversation and what is accepted. Except the problem is they keep pushing this. Should a comedian's jokes punch down today, they would and should Be censored. That is a fact check false. Shut your face. Everybody who makes these rules for comedy. Oh, comedy's got to punch up. It shouldn't punch down. No, no. You know what comedy has to do? Are you ready for it? Buckle up. Are you set? Comedy has to be funny. That's what it has to be. And if the people in the room laugh at it, woo, we're good to go. Mission accomplished. If you're baking pizza, it doesn't need to punch up or punch. It just needs to be good pizza. People need to like your pizza. That's how this works. That's how comedy works. A lot of people can't fathom this in the year 2022, but as someone who lived in New York City at the time of September 11th, every single comedy club in Manhattan, every single one, when it reopened, the only thing people were doing on stage was 9-11 material. You want to know why? As shocking as that sounds today, we weren't making fun of the victims. We knew the difference between a joke and a hate crime. We realized that the people who were coming out to comedy 
clubs at a time when our cars were still covered in dust, at a time when our neighborhoods were still covered in ash, the people laughing at jokes less than a half a mile from the World Trade Center were doing so as a form of coping. They were doing so as a form of grieving. It was a way, okay, to laugh at this inescapable sense of horror that was enveloping all of us. It was a communal thing for two hours a night where we'd all laugh at the way the news was covering this, at the videos we had watched, at all the Al-Qaeda behavior, you know, those weird monkey bar videos we used to watch. You know, and that was a way for us as a community to be like, all right, you got us. We're all crushed. We're all heartbroken. But we haven't lost our sense of humor because the minute you lose your sense of humor, you lose your spirit. And that's where we are now as a country. They're trying to stifle our sense of humor because they very much want to stifle your American spirit. Understand, this is a Democratic Party that's asking you to buy season tickets to the Yankees and root against the Yankees. That's what they're doing now. They're not running on America's great. They're running on America sucks. They want you to hate the country. It's disgusting. But that's what a lot of comedy policing is. But getting past the political ramifications, if you just wanted me to be honest with you, as someone who does comedy, you can see me this Saturday night at the Stress Factory. I've only plugged it a million times. Get ready, kids. It's going to be a long week. <laughs> but I'm just telling you because I care. Jokes are not hate crimes, and you're supposed to treat comedy like you do the food at a buffet. You know when you get online at the buffet, everybody's got their own tray. And uh, if you see an item you like, you grab the tongs, you throw it on your tray. If you don't like the item, you don't stop and argue with the chef. How dare you? How dare you bring these sweet baby carrots? I don't eat sweet baby carrots. He should be fired. We got to protest this place. You don't do that at a buffet. Why? Because you realize everybody gets their own tray. You get what you want. I get what I want. Shut up. Keep the line moving. That's comedy. Okay? You don't have to fight with the chef. You don't like a joke. You have an option. Don't laugh at it. That's it. That's all you got to do. The guy who got on stage every night and tried to distract you from the horrors of life is not the bad guy here. The bad guy are the people responsible for the horrors of life. Okay, the criminals who aren't being prosecuted, the cartels exploiting our border, the politicians indifferent to all of that and don't care because they're walking around with private security details. Okay, they're the bad guys. Okay, the guy who's literally getting paid in alcohol most nights, is he solves none of your problems, okay? Comedians are the halftime show of life. You know how I was saying earlier, you could censor the Cleveland Indians mascot, the Washington Redskins mascot, but it does nothing to help Native Americans? Listen, you can yell at comics and say they should be punching up instead of punching down. It does nothing to help those marginalized people. In fact, when we get on stage at a comedy club and we make fun of somebody from a marginalized class, we're actually treating them as an equal We're saying you're just like the rest of the group. We're not going to stick you off in the corner as some type of off-limits lesser than who can't fend for themselves. We're going to make fun of you just like we're going to make fun of the bachelorette party with the penis straws and the wacky hats and everything in between. Why? Because comedy is supposed to be blind. Its job is to make people laugh. And when you get to this place where you can't take a joke anymore, you, my friend, have become that joke. I admire your honesty. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a busy TV week coming up. I'm going to be on with Harris Faulkner, the queen of daytime tomorrow. I'm also scheduled to be on America Reports with the great Sandra Smith. See if that works out. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week, I am hosting Kennedy uh, on the Fox Business Network. I am hosting the show, a show I once was the head writer for. 
uh, show that I appear on quite frequently, I will be sitting in the hot seat, filling in for the K-Train, the famous libertarian who has had it up to here with the runaway spending in Washington. Thanks, big government weenuses. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be epic. And uh, I will also be appearing on Tucker Carlson this week. And uh, I will be on Outnumbered on Friday. I'll be hanging out with Emily and Kaylee and Harris and the whole Barnyard Jamboree. It's going to be a wild one. And then Saturday we will, of course, wrap things up at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. The reason I promote this gig so much is everywhere I go on the road, like, for instance, we're heading back out to Carson City later this summer. I'll give you an official announcement on that later in the week. Uh, We're going to the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, We're going to be at the Encore. If you haven't bought tickets, I know they're selling them like crazy out there, so way to go. Uh, But every one of these places we go to where we're on the radio, it's mobbed because you guys listen and you know me and we're getting together. It's like a radio event. I'm not actually on a local station in New Brunswick, so anybody showing up might have saw me on TV, uh, but I'm extra promoting the gig because I just want it to be a good crowd. Stand-up, the thing you'll find is stand-up's always better with an audience than it is if you're just talking to yourself on the train. If you're just mumbling to yourself, then you're not a comedian. You're actually just, you know, the president of the United States of America right now. Come on, man. Biden is such a mess. Earlier in the show, I had mentioned this. Okay, the New York Times wrote an op-ed over the weekend about how he's too old to be president and they need to move on. Well, they just followed that up today with another another article saying that Democrats don't support Biden and don't want to be associated with the guy, meaning the media is turning. They are turning on Joe Biden ahead of the midterms. Like we all expected if the Democrats lost 90 seats or 100 seats in the midterms, we expected there to be some acknowledgement that Biden's leadership was partly to blame and that they'd have to move on in a new direction for 2024. But the fact that it's happening now, do you understand this is we're in garbage time in like the first quarter of the NBA game. They're emptying the bench right now. This is something you expect to see halfway through the fourth quarter where one team is up 52 points and that's it. What are we going to talk about? Let's go looking around the stands, try to find some girls in some scantily clad outfits. Don't you love that when you're watching a blowout like a Major League Baseball game? And they just start with like, well, nobody's watching the game. We might as well see who's getting engaged, getting in a fight, or letting their boobs hang out like they're Nancy Pelosi on an Italian vacation. Did you see that shot over the weekend? Everybody's screaming at Nancy Pelosi uh, for taking a a beach getaway in Italy. But in her defense, she wanted to go on a domestic road trip, but they won't let her husband drive anymore because they got a DUI. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbag. She is. We will discuss her and the rest of the Democratic Party with Diamond Dave Landau, who joins us next on Fox across America. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. You can see him in person at the Columbus Funny Bone this Friday and Saturday but he's here with us right now on the phone. Diamond Dave Landau returns to the program. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. How you doing? Um, better now. I was in L.A. last week with the Fela family. And, uh, oh, that's nice. You know what? It, if you don't leave the car, it's incredible. There's palm trees everywhere. Yeah. But the minute you yeah the the minute you leave the car, you're starring in the old video game Double Dragon. Do you remember Double Dragon? It's like I certainly do. Drugs and crime and someone is throwing a chain link fence at you. There was some r- real touch and go moments for the failers. 
Yes, except instead of another man, you just have your wife and child. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the guy in the red leather jacket. You know, Double Dragon was the blue leather sleeveless vest and the red leather. Yeah, instead yeah. I've got an eighth grader and and my wife <laughs> screaming at me. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's dude, it is. It's so it's so psychotic. But what I'm like, I'm so fascinated by is like you and I, like we have lived through bad versions of cities. Like I grew up in the worst version of New York. You grew up in Detroit. I think it's one of your most iconic jokes is you joke about how in the in the song Don't Stop Believing by Journey is the lyric is he took a midnight train going anywhere. Isn't that the joke? Yeah, it's anywhere on earth other than Detroit. Like, how's that for hometown pride? <laughs> <laughs> Our go-to song is highlighting the yeah, fact that the yeah. guy got on a midnight train going anywhere else. And so, yeah, where's this train going? Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere at all. <laughs> yeah. But but I bring that up because like I we are going back to that in a lot of these big cities. And, like, one of the reasons we're doing it is it really is just because of one-party rule. I mean, if you have one party that's in power for 100 years, it wouldn't matter if it was the Republicans. If the Republican politicians knew they could never lose election, at some point they're going to stop trying to deliver for the people. But we're getting to a level of they used to at least pretend to try. They don't even care anymore. Nobody cares. No, at least when Kwame uh, Kilpatrick, for example, I mean, it's always been ran in the Democratic Party in Detroit, but at least he was, like, putting up the Technofest and, like, for some reason, like, Ford was designing the uh, Fusion Tech car, which was almost like the uh, Ford Focus on uh, Ecstasy. <laughs> and, like, he was – like there was, like, money laundering and the money was going to parks and, you know, there were drug dealers getting buried in Mercedes caskets. Like, it was fun is what I mean. Like, there was at least fun for the public. And that was just – now it's just nothing going to anyone. It's just anger. Yeah, there's it's not no, fun anymore. There's no character, you know. We used to have at least no, character. Right. Do you remember, were you ever right. in Manhattan when they used to have, I believe they they legitimately called themselves, this is my not my term, but they were called the black Israelites. And they would stand in front of the Port Authority and they would call you a white devil if you walked by or, you know, anything they could think of. And it was, it was fun. Like we'd actually walk by a second time just to see what name we'd be called. Now it's like they've kind of flushed that element of character out of it, and now we're just getting robbed. You don't even get a joke. They don't even yeah. call your name. <laughs> no. no, now it's just white liberals calling you the devil. Yes, that's what I mean. It's why I'm getting called white devil by white people. What the hell, Dave Landau? Yeah. It, it ain't right. It ain't right. Well, I bring up all of this because with all the problems facing America, as you know, you know we had a record level of inflation and gas and fentanyl poisonings. The Huffington Post, yes, the Huffington Post had the courage to tackle the need to police comedy. And I know if you're getting mugged right now or you can't find formula for your baby, it comes secondary to what a guy who spends 23 hours a day watching dirty movies in a La Quinta has to say to a comedy club audience tonight. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. It's it's uh, it's like telling Hunter not to smoke crack. Look, it's going to happen. They're going to offend you. It's like telling the Detroit Lions to win. It's just it's not, it's like asking a nurse not to twerk. It's just part of the job. <laughs> so funny. We're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. If you're just joining us on the phone, and we were discussing a documentary I brought up earlier. Oddly enough, the documentary that the HuffPo was writing about is produced by right. Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart is talking about how black comics changed a lot of like cultural conversations through using humor. Which the Huffington Post naturally took this as license to say, well, what if we just didn't have humor then? I don't get the connection from line A to line B. But anytime someone says something like. 
comedy should be punching up or, you know, all that. That's a, that's something you hear from a person who doesn't do comedy. You know, like a phrase like read the room. Wouldn't you agree that when you get on stage, your job is not to read the room. It's to lead the room. No. Absolutely. It is your job on stage. And anybody who says you shouldn't, you should only punch up, you shouldn't punch down, you're punching down. If you're saying you're punching down at me, it's because you're up. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's because you're the person being punched up at, and you're like, hey, you're punching down. It's like, no, I'm punching up. It's like when Dennis Miller had Weekend Update. He mm-hmm. always said that you punch, that the reason why he was punching up at the Republican Party, even though he was Republican, was because they were the people in power. He was always punching up at whoever was in power. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Democrats have been in power. Through the entire Trump administration, they were in power. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the cities. They're all, they've all been in power the whole time. And now the idea of being woke or being a comic goes against, to get this straight with the Huffington Post wants, black people who brought us comedy are bad. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? It's so bizarre. It's I don't even know what to do with it. I I don't even know. It doesn't. I don't think anyone's listening to themselves anymore. And I think what happened was, um, th- there's this thing now. I I almost call it. It's like cultural arson. And what I mean by that is people will go out now and set fires that they themselves then extinguish to claim some type of virtue or valor. So someone over at HuffPo, you know, they, they, it's, it's like identifying new forms of racism, new forms of grievance. I'm so enlightened that I spotted something you yourself couldn't even see because you're not as anti-racist as me. But I, as the anti-racist, am here to tell you that black comedians shouldn't be telling jokes anymore. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> What just happened? Right, you're like, listen, only a white man dressed as a woman should be allowed to tell jokes. You're like, I'm I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I can't. My favorite part of the article, HuffPo lets Tiffany Barber, an assistant professor of African studies and art history at the University of Delaware, have the last word on comedy. Not like a comedian, not somebody who pays money to go to a club. There's a professor at the University of Delaware, and she should have the last word on comedy. Really? Well, there's two things when I think of comedy. It's university and Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? Why would you even put that in your article and not realize that's hilarious? <laughs> like this, these are the people we're interviewing. Instead, of, like the part of, the part that the black people brought into comedy that we can say as comedians that I don't think anybody understands is this wonderful storytelling. A lot yes. of that wasn't there before. Yes. And then you you brought in these people like Pryor and even Carlin had kind of took from that a little bit. Even really uh, in music, you had Elvis who brought out rock and roll, which so many people are like, oh, that was stolen. It's like, no, that's just where he grew up. Yeah. That was part of who he was. So you have these people who started to tell these deeper stories where, yes, Pryor did talk about smoking crack and being abusive to women and mm-hmm. make it funny, but it was his life. I'm, yes. Nobody said it was good, but whoever was supposed to look up to comics like we were supposed to be great people, Dude. I'm, I'm not I'm not supposed to be a role model. <laughs> you're supposed to laugh at what's... You're, a great comedian should have you leave the room and go, I wonder if he's evil. <laughs> It's so it's so that's, fascinating. That's what, that's what comedy should be. It shouldn't be somebody saying you're not allowed to offend. Plus, and uh, being offended is a reaction. Yeah, I'm not control of how I'm in no control of how you react. And at this point, I do not care. No, how like, could at you? all? <laughs> 
because you want to know yeah, something because- too. It's like we never cared, but now we're we we actually have the wind at our back as comics, and that society has openly like right. embraced the fact that these people are just they're just annoying. Nobody wants to hang out with the guy who gets offended at everything, or you know the moral superiority crowd. And I think that's what's made our life easier. But one of the things they don't even discuss, and this is what's fascinating to me, is when you talk about black comics like Richard Pryor sharing stories of the adversities he faced. For a lot of members of those communities, laughing at those potentially offensive subjects was how they coped with those potentially offensive subjects. Some people grieve through comedy. Some people escape their traumas by laughing at them. Like the term gallows humor existed because people were literally being tortured and finding reasons to laugh as a means of getting through the day. No one got thrown out of the dungeon because their jokes were too dark. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. I mean, that's why when, uh, you know, I'm I'm an addict, a recovering addict, I should say. I'm not like high right now. <laughs> like I'm just free basing. Um, but no, I'm, I've been in recovery for, for 13 years. And part of that is I joke about that on stage. And I'll talk about my dad dying of cancer when I was a kid. And people go, well, that's privilege. And I'm like, yeah, that was super cool when I was a kid watching my dad die. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm able to make jokes about that now. Yeah. Like the fact that you can look at something like that and go, well, you're just privileged and able to say something like that as a comedian, make light of it. It's like, no, I'm able to say it because then the next day or two days later, I might get an email from somebody that says, hey, this happened to me and that really made me laugh and it opened my eyes or something. Like yep. it's weird when you can actually touch a person by making a joke or making light of it because that's the only way that I know how to cope with anything. It's always been a coping skill, the same as it has with you. That's how you and I met and connected. Yep. yep. Telling jokes. Well, listen, that's the clean version of the story anyway. <laughs> we well, were it was, it was pretty sexy. <laughs> Here's the thing about rentboy.com. I'm kidding. <laughs> you, know, you never know who's going to show up to the yeah. hotel. You never know. You don't even know. No, we're talking to Dave. I thought Grinder was for sandwiches. <laughs> I thought it was, oh, it was a hoagie app. I had no idea. This is crazy. This is crazy. But, you know, so one of the things that they talk about is, you know, they they cite the fact that, you know, people came after Rogan, they came after Ricky Gervais, they came after Dave Chappelle. This is a point I want to make, is I think in this episode uh, of incentivized grievance, the one common thread, like when they say, oh, they tried to cancel somebody, is they're actually only trying to cancel, for the most part, bigger names because they get relevance from doing it. You know, if you go after the guy, you know, who's middling at Hamburger Harry's tonight, you're not going to make national news. You're not going to wind up getting a raise at work or getting profiled and courage for, you know, having the guts to stand up to a comedian. So I do think on some level, I don't believe people are offended. I, I still believe most of these people know that there's a currency that comes from claiming offense. Like, what would you say the actual ratio is on that? Like, what percentage are legitimately offended? What percentage? you think are, are claiming offense for currency because some are offended say, no mistake there are some offended people i'm just what do you think the percentage is well i would say too the the, the offense goes on both sides so if you include both sides i would say that maybe five percent are actually offended mm-hmm. maybe ten percent and then most of it and the majority if you want to cut about the majority of people actually functioning online mm-hmm. 95% of them are doing it as a social currency. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And now I'm aggrieved and you owe me something. It's like because you look at Netflix, what they tried to do to Chappelle – 
is actually created like a corporate backlash in which a lot of corporations aren't really getting as involved as they were. Like Netflix had to silence that little dissent because they realized like you can't run a company if every time somebody in cubicle nine gets upset, you're going to lose your job as CEO if you don't placate whatever his latest outrage of the week is. Like it's impossible to get any work done. And I think that's where the tide has turned a little bit and we're getting back a little more leverage against the outrage machine because it was powerful. Like there were people getting fired. But we're not really watching that now. You know, for the most part, people are comfortable telling other people to shut up. Well, yeah, of course, and you're right. And realistically, if everything you've ever said was recorded or said on a podcast or ever done, the reality is it would just turn out that you're human and you're just like everyone else. Everybody who claims to be offended and has done anything has said something terrible, done something terrible, done something behind closed doors. Like everyone wears a mask in public, not just the ones that are blue and because you're afraid all the time (laughs) and you're afraid of air, but because you're just – you're you're made like everybody has to put on a certain face, but everybody is everybody makes mistakes. I've made grand mistakes, probably more than most. Most of what I've said may have put me in jail in certain countries, sure. But the fact that we judge people with this with, with this this way now is like nothing I've ever seen before, and it's gone so far that I don't care. Yeah, like it no, like I no longer care what I say on stage. Like I, I open a joke, open a show. I'm talking about people bringing dogs on airplanes, and I love dogs, but it's like, this dog's for my anxiety. And I'm like, oh, it's shaking. (laughs) And, like, that gets a laugh. And then I I swear to God, I did this on stage, like, two months ago. A woman in the front row got up and left, and I was like, that's all it took? It was an anxiety? (laughs) I have a question about this, so let's talk about this bit for a second, because I have this theory. I don't have a bit about this, but I talked to somebody once on a plane about this. Somebody yeah. had a dog next to me and explained that they were flying with their dog because they're scared of flying. And I, a genuine question that it, this is one of those moments where it came out of your mouth with good intentions but was legitimately offensive to them. Is I said, if you're really convinced that the plane is going down, doesn't that make you kind of a jerk for taking the dog with you? <laughs> it's like, what did he do? You know, I'm, I'm getting on this plane. It's heading for a mountain. Come on, Rex. Yeah, exactly. Look, you're not. What if someone's just going to come at home and find you dead? Yeah. No way. <laughs> I'm not giving you a fighting chance. We're both going into the water. You know how to paddle. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You know how to swim better than I do. Get on the plane. Let's go. It's dumb. The whole thing is dumb. And this is what I think happened. I just, I just think like no one's listening to themselves anymore. And I think there's there's some component of that where everybody's just flailing away looking for relevance, and, and oftentimes you get it through outrage. And because we've kind of, we're moving on from that as a society, the people still doing it look extra crazy. Like this documentary a year and a half ago would have looked like middle of the road, but now you realize how insane it is when you have real problems. Like everyone's dying of fentanyl, the border's overrun, crime's out of control, we have a baby formula shortage. You sound silly going after comedians, No. You absolutely do, it's, especially when there's real problems. It's $6 for gas. Yeah. <laughs> and you're screaming at me because you don't get a joke, and it's like, I, I can't believe what you said. It's like, you can't pump your breast milk anymore, and your baby's <laughs> hungry. <laughs> I'm never walking ready. to this comedy club again. Get, yeah. It's like, yeah. Dude, you're walking to the club because you can't afford gas. Maybe the comedian isn't the problem in your life. Yeah, you just, yeah. 
you just sold BlackRock your old house at a 1.8% interest rate and bought a new one at 17.4. What is it you were saying that bothered you that I said? Yeah, I couldn't hear it. You were you were setting up an OnlyFans account to afford groceries, but something about the comedian? I didn't hear that? Unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't hear you from uh, all the uh, cocaine that isn't cocaine in your pocket. <laughs> oh, God, it's so true. <laughs> Listen, man, we were not supposed to be the adults in the room, but here we are. It's like a Kurt Russell movie. Uh, great job in yes, your leading man. role, as always. Everybody will see you at the Columbus Funny Bone this weekend, girlfriend. Be well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. My man, Diamond Dave Landau. Go see him if you're in Columbus this weekend. He's at the Funny Bone Friday and Saturday. We're back after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. We muscled through our first day back from vacation and did just an absolutely phenomenal job. Wrong. Oh, come on. It's such a tough crowd around here. What a lot of chippy. Chippy hecklers in the studio today. But seriously, it is uh, so exciting to me to be back on the air. I posted my America's Newsroom hit on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. If you don't subscribe to that page, do it. Message me. Uh, If I have not gotten back to your messages, I was out in California on vacation for like a half hour. So I'm a little behind. But the plan is to do all of it tonight and be all up to speed when we get back on the air tomorrow. So if you have a message, you want to shout out your radio buddy, you can do it. I don't care. Either way, the show's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.